This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Ah, Trump and Kanye. What is it, day five, six of this story? The fake news, they keep driving it. Oh boy, the hypocrisy is so rich. How can they say that this president, the most pro-Israel, Jewish-friendly president in the history of this country, has an explaining to do? Now, I don't like Kanye West. I wouldn't recognize a Kanye West song if I heard it. He tweeted something vile, and it was a tweet. And he's a deranged young man. And it looks to me like President Trump was trying to help him. They had lunch. They had lunch. Okay? And now it's over. But the hypocrisy, it is rich. Isn't that right, Mitch? Mitch McConnell. Oh, boy. He really wants to take President Trump out. He's been trying that for a long time. Isn't that right, Mitch? There is no room in the Republican Party for anti-Semitism or white supremacy. And anyone meeting with people advocating that point of view, in my judgment, are highly unlikely to ever be elected president of the United States. You know, that puts you in a very strange spot, Mitch McConnell, along with a heck of a lot of other people in Washington, D.C. of a certain age. White supremacist, Senator, the late Strom Thurmond was friends with all of you guys, especially, especially Joe Biden. Now, these guys didn't have lunch once. They had a blossoming, beautiful friendship. Uh, Joe Biden was invited to speak at Strom Thurmond's funeral, who I believe said, did he say segregation now and forever, right? He was a devout segregationist. But Joe Biden couldn't pass up the chance to tell a few jokes at a funeral. Strom Thurmond was also a brave man who, in the end, made his choice and moved to the good side. We became good friends. I'm not sure exactly why or how it happened, Nancy, but you know we did. And Fritz could never figure it out, either could I. <laughs> Uh, not that funny, really. Uh, Strom Thurmond. And not only Joe Biden, but Mitch McConnell. Yes, Mitch, back in the 90s. Back when, yeah, Strom, Strom wasn't cured of everything. Oh, no, especially when it came to Jewish people. Anyway, Mitch McConnell just let his admiration for this white supremacist bigot sing. I literally um, cannot remember life without Strom Thurmond. I remember the excitement, having been a son of the Deep South, when Senator Thurmond decided to become a Republican. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that cute? What does it mean? Who cares? I think Mitch McConnell is a huge 
hypocrite, and he obviously has a personal, deep personal grudge against Donald Trump. All this fake outrage, selective. I notice that anti-Semitism seems to be tolerated when it comes from the left. When it comes from the left, it's A-OK. It's not to be remarked upon. It's to be spread. And I'm here to separate the good Jews from the satanic Jews. Yes, yes, yes! So I am dangerous. Not to you. Unless you feel that Father Flager's invitation to me may hurt St. Sabina. They don't have the power to hurt St. Sabina if you don't give them that power. It's vile, it's ugly, it's hate, and he's been that way for decades, many, many decades. You can't pretend you didn't know about Louis Farrakhan. Barack Obama can't pretend that he didn't know about Louis Farrakhan when he met with him at least once in 2005. He was a sitting United States senator and at that time, actually, technically, the next president of the United States. And there was no escaping Farrakhan's reputation. But there they are, chummy as anything. Hey, Mitch, Mitch, why don't you condemn this? Mitch, I think this is, uh, where were you? In 2005, where were you? Because I'm, I hear from uh, Barack Obama's father and uh, Joe Biden actually told me that uh, silence is complicity. So uh, how about that? Let's get real here. All right. Farrakhan is a decades long bigot. Uh, Kanye West, believe it or not, he's still like the number one singer in the world. A couple of weirdo tweets, very bad, very vile. I think he needs help. And President Trump actually tried to help him. That's over. That's over. But this is, this was lunch. Not a decades long association like Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden had with a known bigoted white supremacist. All right, onto something slightly more pleasant. Christmas, oh yeah, Christmas is actually awesome. Hey, the White House actually looks great. Uh, they did a good job there. And they put out some stockings for the kids, the Biden children, the Biden grandchildren. I have no problem with that. I just noticed that there are not enough stockings for all the grandkids. Yes, we went through it. And one Biden grandchild, the grandchild of the president of the United States, did not get a stocking. I'm talking about a little girl named Navy. There she is with her mom uh, in Arkansas. She was born to her mother in Arkansas. And guess who her father is? Yes, Hunter Biden. This has been established in court, paternity tests. Hunter Biden is the, uh, well, he's a bit of a deadbeat dad, quite frankly. He doesn't want to pay child support. He's always quibbling. He wants to pay less. Uh, but this child exists. And it's kind of amazing that Joe Biden, such a family man, isn't maybe he should step up and take care of this grandkid. Instead, he just brags about all the grandkids he has. But he does leave this little girl out. How many of you have been unable to hug your grandkids in the last seven months? I got six of them. Uh, no, he's got one more, one that he does not acknowledge. Isn't that sad? Well, we acknowledge you. Navy, Navy Biden is her name, Navy. And uh, I hope everything works out. You should, gosh, imagine that the granddaughter of a president has to go to court for child support. That's really bad. Hey, coming up, every institution in America is going woke. For a long time, law enforcement seemed to be safe from this crazy woke movement. Not anymore. We'll be right back.
Uh, what happened with those college kids in Idaho? This is the weirdest case in the world. I am surprised by the lack of momentum. I mean, it's a small town, right? The cops seem to know, I hope, what they're doing. Initially, they put out a statement saying, the community should not be concerned. There is no threat. Yeah, we do not believe there is an ongoing threat that this was a targeted attack. They don't believe that. Evidence indicates, I'm sorry, that this was a targeted attack. And the very next day, uh, get rid of that statement. Uh, no, be on guard. We cannot say that there is no threat to the community. And as we have stated, please stay vigilant, report any suspicious activity, and be aware of your surroundings at all times. All right, I hope they know what they're doing in Moscow, Idaho, and they get these killer or killers. But uh, across the country, police departments, uh, they're under pressure from the left. The left is trying to take over law enforcement. It's really one of the few remaining institutions in America that has not been taken over by the left. Let's go through it. They've taken over everything else. Academia, of course, try to get a job on a on a college campus as a conservative. Hollywood, Hollywood has been off the deep end for a long time. It's even gotten worse lately. Sports, everybody taking a knee all over the place, utterly disgraceful. Corporations, can't they just focus on selling us stuff? No, they got a virtue signal every time they turn around. And the military, oh, forget about losing wars. Let's learn about white rage. And here's one that really bothers me. Religion, religion, they're putting out gay pride flags in front of the church. Isn't that a kind of amazing, by the way? This is totally cool. Gay pride flag in front of a church. Yet when Donald Trump showed up and held up a Bible outside that church, somehow this was the worst thing that ever happened. Do you remember that? Totally bizarre. What could possibly be wrong with this? I see nothing wrong with it. An LGBTQ flag? Uh, that's another story. Look, we all have things. We all have uh, things we like or whatever. I don't expect to see flags in front of the church about certain things we like or don't like or whatever. All right. You know what I'm talking about. And that brings us back to law enforcement. Yes, they're going after law enforcement and law enforcement. Too many of them are going along with the program. Remember the shooting in Colorado, horrible situation at that club. And right away, the cops just saying, okay, we're with you on this woke thing. Just look at how woke we can be. This is the definition of virtue signaling. We respect all of our community members, including our LGBTQ community. Therefore, we will be identifying the victims by how they identified themselves and how their families have loved and identified them. The first person I'll identify is Kelly Loving. Kelly's pronouns are she, her. And then it was on to the next person and then using the pronouns and I don't know, Kelly Lubby. Isn't there something more important about Kelly Lubby than uh, the pronouns, which, by the way, seem to me gender appropriate pronouns? What about her age? What about her hometown? What about her occupation? Something. No. In society today, it's all about gender. And this, uh, this thing got even more bizarre. I went back, I watched the whole thing. This is a law enforcement situation in the aftermath of a mass shooting, and there are questions to be answered. Are these services that they want to provide appropriate? I mean, take a look. Now, for people needing support during this emotional time, the Colorado Springs Police Department is hosting a community resource expo to provide our community members with the help they need in navigating the variety 
of emotions they may be experiencing uh, surrounding this event. The Expo is providing mental health resources, spiritual support, emotional support, uh, animal support, child care, emergency financial resources, LGBTQ plus support, meals, and other services. This is a police event. Did you hear about animal support, LGBTQ plus support? How about people support? And how about, you know what, finding the bad guys and making sure you handle the prosecution effectively? That's what the police are supposed to do. Protect us, prevent crime, investigations. This virtue signaling is taking up way too much time. We're politicizing something that must be apolitical. And I'm seeing it all over the place. Hey, the Paul Pelosi situation, remember Nancy and whatever happened in the House that night? Uh, this guy, the chief there, was totally playing a political game, being evasive, being misleading. And I think he was doing that because, well, he wanted to, I don't know, play ball with Nancy Pelosi. She's the big fish in town. How about when Joe and Kamala Harris went to Atlanta in the wake of that spa shooting? So this is in the early stages of the police becoming woke. And they hadn't gotten the memo outside of Atlanta at this point. And the chief information officer goes forward and says, okay, this is what we know. He's just providing information related to what happened, that horrible shooting. He claims that these, and as the chief said, this is still early, but he does claim that it was not racially motivated. Oh, not racially motivated. He shouldn't have said that because if everybody wants this thing to be racially, they got a narrative to sell white supremacy. What else did he say? When I, when we, I spoke with investigators, they interviewed him this morning and I, uh, they got that impression that, yes, he, he understood um, the gravity of it. And he was pretty much fed up and kind of at the end of his rope. And um, and yesterday was a really bad day for him. And this is what he did. Turned out it was a really bad day for this professional law enforcement officer. He shouldn't have been giving out the facts, I guess. He should have been talking about support for animals and LGBTQ plus and uh, arts and crafts for whatever. He got in big trouble just for putting out the facts as he knew them. A really bad day for him. Not racially motivated? Child, please. We don't accept that because um, this is a professional law enforcement um, officer, and he should know better. He was having a bad day. Just imagine what they might have said about a black suspect or a brown suspect or an Asian suspect. Well, what did the suspect say to them? This is what the law enforcement official is telling the public what the suspect said. May I see Officer Baker for a moment, please? What's the problem? All right. He was relaying information. They removed him from the case. OK, he got in a lot of trouble over this. And this woke stuff, it's starting to pervade law enforcement and emergency services. The fire department. How can you politicize the fire department? Right. Hey, they put out the fires. They rescue people. Um, it's awesome. It's totally awesome. Well, recently they made a woman named, I think her name is Laura Cavanaugh. She is the new commissioner of the fire department. First woman ever, never served as a firefighter, but we've seen that before. Notice anything about this picture? Can I see it one more time? Uh, what do you notice? I notice all women. Yes, I do notice that. And I happen to know that the fire department is, I believe they have a lot of men in it. Let's see. Yeah, 98% of the firefighters are male. 
Uh, but for whatever, whatever reason, the male, the, the male firefighters, what, they weren't invited to the swearing in of the, uh, I don't know, I don't get it, do you? But I do know this, this crazy stuff, there was really one person in the country who took it on, head on. Wokeism makes you lose, ruins your mind, and ruins you as a person. You become warped, you become demented. Great. And it's amazing how, like, regular people won't go there. A lot of people are just afraid for their jobs. I understand that, and I don't like it. I don't like I was at a dinner party the other day, a lot of nice people. People were looking over their shoulder to make sure if they said something, ooh, who's around? This is America, not Russia. All right. So, hey, by the way, they say he comes with a lot of baggage. Oh, if only he could be nicer. If only he could be like Ron DeSantis. Now, I like Ron DeSantis, but this is not his time. He's too young. He's got some growing up to do. You know, he tries to copy Trump, but he doesn't. <laughs> he just doesn't pull it off. Trump is a genius when it comes to political combat. This is uh, this is just crude and raw. His take on Dr. Fauci. You have people like Fauci saying that his lockdowns didn't cause any permanent damage to any young kids. I got news for you, it did, and we are going to reap those rewards across the whole country for years and years and years because they treated kids so poorly. And I'm just sick of seeing him. I know he says he's going to retire. Someone needs to grab that little elf and chuck him across the Potomac. All right, I'm no Fauci fan either, but um, chucking him across the Potomac, right? Calling him an elf. I like Ron DeSantis. He's got to wait his turn. He's not ready yet. He's got some things to work on. He's also, oh, by the way, a career politician. You've got to remember that about him. You've got to remember that about all these guys. And who's not a career politician? You know, Donald Trump. And the late, great Rush Limbaugh said this about Donald Trump. Washington can't afford for President Trump to succeed. If an outsider like Trump can fix the messes they've created over decades, the people will never vote for the establishment again. And you know what? They'll never trust the people again. Who remembers that night when Hillary lost and Donald Trump won and all those people, oh, so distraught. I mean, they were, and the media, the media could not, they were humiliated. They were so wrong and they did not like it. So I think they colluded with Democrats to make sure Joe Biden got in there. Now, Donald Trump, it's okay, everybody. This is America. You can have doubts about the 2020 election. Donald Trump got more votes than any sitting president in American history. But the guy in the basement, how many votes did he get? 81 million. Uh, I have, um, I'm not so sure about that. I have doubts and concerns about the fairness and legitimacy of the election. Relax, everybody. Joe Biden is the president, but it's America and we're allowed to have these concerns and early voting. Ooh, do you trust it? Do you really trust it? I don't want my vote sitting around uh, for 50 days at the county clerk's office. I don't want my luggage sitting around for 50 days. Yeah, 50 days you could vote before the election. Would you? How would you feel if your luggage, your suitcase was at the airport for 50 days? For two nights, I get worried. I open it up. Did anybody go in here? Did anybody steal anything? Hey, speaking of luggage, did you hear, uh, did you hear about that guy who works at the energy department under... Uh, Joe Biden, this guy is the deputy assistant secretary of nuclear waste removal. At least, I think, until two hours from now, he's going to lose his job, it looks like. 
When I introduce myself, I generally say, hi, my name's Sam Britton. I use they and them as my pronouns, and I serve as head of advocacy and government affairs for the Trevor Project. I give this before I even give my job because it's the important way that you're going to describe me. If I can have the President of the United States use my gender neutral pronouns, and I can respectfully use theirs, then I think we're going to be in a world where everyone can be respected. I must say I have no respect for this outlook, that it's all about gender. Uh, Sam Britton, anyway, is in trouble now. There, 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 there he is, being all fabulous at the office at the Department of Energy. You heard about this, right? Suspended because he allegedly, and I think he's admitted it at this point, he stole a suitcase at an airport. He went to the airport to travel, and he took somebody else's suitcase, and now he's in big, big trouble. But uh, And I don't want the police to have to worry about calling this guy by the right pronoun. The police have more important things to do. All right. Politicizing them uh, is the wrong answer. It's wrong for them and it's wrong for us. OK, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. The police department, police departments across the country, the pressure on them to go woke. They are trying People on the left are attempting to take over police departments. I firmly believe that we are seeing signs across the board. We thought we'd bring in Mike Solon, president of the Seattle Police Officers Guild. He's been a police officer for 23 years, since 1999, and a veteran of the SWAT team, by the way. Uh, Mike Solon, welcome back. Uh, how are you? And is this worse in Seattle? And just confirm to me that this is happening, right? Well, absolutely it is. And Greg, it's good to be back with you again. Um, I just, you know, ironically, this topic, which you're having me on, I just covered in my podcast latest episode how the woke, woke culture is now impacting public safety in a broad spectrum. We're definitely seeing this in Seattle for sure. Well, uh, this is what really got my attention. It was in the aftermath of that horrible shooting at the club in Colorado. And the mayor comes out. And by the way, this is being forced on a lot of police departments by political leadership. When he said what he said in the aftermath of that horrible shooting, I mean, his heart might be in the right place, but I think this is completely misguided and a little bit much. Take a look. Now, for people needing support during this emotional time, the Colorado Springs Police Department is hosting a community resource expo to provide our community members with the help they need in navigating the variety of emotions they may be experiencing uh, surrounding this event. The expo is providing mental health resources, spiritual support, emotional support, uh, animal support, child care, emergency financial resources, LGBTQ plus support, meals and other services. I I'm sorry, but the police department, they still got to perform their job for the community. LGBTQ plus animal support. It seemed a little bit ludicrous. 
Well, I mean, I think what it exemplifies is the fact that public safety has been politicized. Absolutely. And the main job to be a police officer is what, what do you want to do? You want to just help people and you want to put bad people in jail, period. And for too long, the activist culture has basically taken over the public safety narrative and police departments, particularly in the West Coast, we're reacting to this. And what it's really evolved to is us losing over 500 police officers in the city of Seattle alone. Because mostly the human beings that do the job of policing just want to serve without the politics. And it's the politics that are being intentionally inserted to public safety discourse is why our police departments are decaying and we cannot find quality, hard numbers of people that want to be police officers. This is a crisis situation we're facing. So it's hurting recruiting. And what about on a day to day basis? I mean, diversity, equity, inclusion is a big business and it's time consuming. You got to go through the modules on the computer. You got to go to this seminar and that seminar. And there's only so many hours in the day. What about catching bad guys, preventing crime, investigation? This stuff is making it's, it's leaving a dent, isn't it? Well, I think what it does is it takes us away from our job, which you highlighted, I think, properly, is we just need to be police officers again and force the rule of law. And I think for too long, well in, well over a decade in the city of Seattle, we've been facing this for a very long time. And we've been under the Department of Justice settlement agreement, consent decree, if you will. We went through all these policies and we were told we were the model reformed agency by our elected leaders. But guess what? We're still under a consent decree and there's no end in sight here. So at what point are we facing the reality that when we politicize policing, public safety, and we're struggling to find proper people that are qualified to do the job of policing, yeah. we need to have a tough conversation. I think conversation like this, Greg, that you're pointing out is, is proper. Well, uh, then perhaps we could share this with our the people in blue that we love. Uh, at least the management, we've seen too many of them take a knee. It started in 2020, taking a knee and joining along with the protesters. This seemed to me to be a very bad and very dangerous thing to do. And I'm also wondering about just day in and day out, if you don't do the woke dance, cops might be in trouble. This is Officer Baker. He was uh, questioned by the media. It was, a, it was a press availability after that horrible massacre at the spas in Atlanta back in early 2021. His name is Baker. I think we have a picture of him. He told everybody everything he knew, which you're supposed to do when you're the public information officer. Here's a sample of that. He claims that these, and as the chief said, we know this is still early, but he does claim that it was not racially motivated. All right, that's what he knew, that's what he was told, and he reported that, and the mainstream media, I've never seen anything like this. It's one thing to go after a police chief or a mayor, but this guy is the public information officer. He's, he's not terribly high-ranking, and he's just performing a job, and all hell broke loose, and they removed him from the case. Yeah, it's a tough thing to do is to balance the uh, the members that are in your community that are very loud and influence politics, the public safety discourse. I mean, I feel sorry for him because, you know, you face that wrath and it takes strong leadership to push back on this woke nonsense. And, you know, I liked what I just read with uh, an article from uh, Chief Constable Stephen Watson, who is in leadership, in command, 
of a major police agency. And he's pushing back against this woke nonsense. And he says, look, we need to wake up and just get back to basics. And the basics is enforcing the rule of law, being cops, putting people in jail, helping the community. That's where the focus needs to be. And I think, you know, for too long, we've had we've been leaderless, particularly the past two years going on three years. And it's nice to see people in command actually step up. But who's been there? It's yeah. been the police unions in the past three years that have been pushing back hard, and we will continue to enforce the rule of law and stand up for reasonable people across this nation. Well, the leadership, unfortunately, is coming from the U.K. You mentioned Chief Watson. I saw that piece as well. He's over there in Manchester, England, speaking out about this. And by the way, he is back up from the, uh, the prime minister. And that was quite a piece. He just said, we should not be tweeting. We should not be engaging in this stuff. It takes us away from our primary duty. Um, and regarding Twitter, the public, he says, generally don't care what I have for breakfast. <laughs> uh, Twitter takes a particular skill and we don't have it in the police. We have to focus on the basics. I think we are better served by dishing up to the public the things that they have every right to expect from us and to do just that constantly, consistently, to the exclusion of pretty much everything else, catching the bad guys, investigating things and preventing crime. All right. Listen, it's been a hell of a two years for you. The Chaz, the Occupied Zone. Just give us a sense, if you would, have things in Seattle settled down? I think they've settled down in terms of the direct action violence, for sure. But now we're facing a significant dilemma, and I call it a crisis. It's a staffing crisis. And we're 500 cops down, no end in sight. We're trying to come up with some, with some solutions, but this is a political problem. And it's going to take strong leadership to dig us out of this hole. It'll take decades to recover. It's such a wonderful place to live a great community, um, and I've never seen it before like this where we've just lost so many good human beings because of the politics. And I'm just, I, I just, I implore upon our leadership in command, please step up like the chief constable did from the UK and just speak plainly, lead. Yep, lead. we love it. That's all we're asking for. Hey, in the meantime, I didn't know you had a podcast. Mike Solon, uh, what's that podcast? And by the way, if you're not at the podcast, they're very easy to get. You got an app. It's usually built into the phone. And you just, so what do I put in my phone to listen to your podcast, please? Yeah, Hold the Line with Mike Solon, available on any podcast platform. You can find us on YouTube and Rumble. Hold the, the Line, play, great name for a podcast. Thank you very much, Mike Solon, president of the Seattle Police Officers Guild. All the best to your 1,300-plus members, and we'll be right back. the go and need news now no paywalls no cable subscriptions just download the newsmax app from your smartphone store it's free and watch newsmax tv anytime anywhere well early voting in the midterms uh, seemed to carry the day for democrats let's face it they did a lot better than we were expecting and the word is Republicans have to get better at early voting. There was some talk about it in the immediate aftermath of the midterms. But uh, something tells me uh, the conservative movement not taking the corrective actions necessary. But maybe it's happening behind the scenes. John Fund is a national affairs reporter for National Review, Newsmax contributor and author of the very important book, Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way 
you vote. John joins us. He's traveling. He's in a hotel. So you may hear uh, some, uh, some background noise. John, thanks for being with us. How are you? Pleasure. Thank you. So, John, uh, after the midterm debacle, there did seem to be a real conversation that lasted maybe 72 hours about how Republicans have to get better at mail-in voting. And then, at least in the media, it was dropped. Are those conversations taking place behind the scenes so that Republicans are better next time around? Well, a lot of them took place after the 2020 election. And many states where Republicans could write the rules uh, changed. They had more early voting, which is, takes place under the supervision of a government official rather than mail-in balloting. Some states got rid of ballot harvesting, like Arizona. Uh, some states added ballot harvesting, unfortunately, like Nevada and California. So it depends where you live as to what the rules are. What the left understands and what we wrote in our book is, if you change the rules, you can change the results because it means a completely different electorate if you have open season on anybody voting anytime, any place, uh, with any, without any supervision, or real guardrails and real guidelines as to make sure that people's vote counts properly and that you make it easy to vote but also hard to cheat. Well, Republicans, I think it's in our, I'm not a Republican, but I am conservative, and it's kind of in our muscle memory to uh, vote on Election Day. That's the big showdown. Um, are they, and I know some states have gotten better at this, but I still feel like the collective kind of sense is wait until Election Day. Is that going to change in any significant way over the next two years? Are they ready to have that conversation and get people to change their behavior? And by the way, does it entail some risk? If Democrats run the state, like, for example, I live in New York, the rules are going to be written to make it as easy as possible for people to vote, uh, although the people are against it. In New York, they voted against more absentee voting, mail-in voting, in a referendum. They voted against uh, more ballot harvesting. They voted against same-day registration. But if the legislature wants to muscle it through, it can and it will. So we have, once again, two Americas, red states and blue states, different ways of voting. Uh, the Democrats want to nationalize everything. That's a big mistake. Pelosi and Schumer had this bill, H.R. 1, that would have basically taken away the rights of states to conduct their own elections. I do think that people are a little worried about how long it's taking to count the ballots. If you have all-male voting, it takes a month to count the ballots. So instead of Election Day, you have Election Month where people vote, sometimes even before the debates are held. 800,000 people voted before they saw that John Fetterman debate, in which he did so right. badly. But their votes were already there. And then you have election month after election day in which we count the votes and then we have lawsuits about them. So I think people will eventually get tired of this in some states. But these are early days and people haven't caught on that our entire system has been hijacked in some states. Aye, 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 aye. Yeah, you mentioned. Let's put that up. We have a graphic made up 50 days in Pennsylvania prior to election day. You could cast your vote. Now, here's the deal. Something that valuable, a ballot. To be in the hands of the government for that long, it reminds me of luggage at the airport. Imagine leaving a suitcase at the airport, okay? 50 days later, the airline, uh, you know, what, it, what is your reaction going to be? Is all my stuff there? Was it molested? Was it uh, damaged? Is this even my bag? They can do all kinds of things in 50 days. I'm sorry. I don't think the government should have it. Has anybody thought of it in, that, in those terms? The government to be in possession of something so important for so long seems wrong. 
For 15 years ago, a presidential commission chaired by former President Jimmy Carter, a Democrat, and former Secretary of State James Baker, a Republican, concluded that mail-in voting was the most likely way that someone could cheat in an election and undermine confidence in our democracy. Forget whether how long it takes the government to count the vote. What about the time that a mail-in ballot is out there in the hands of the post office, not the most efficient organization? It can be stolen from your mailbox, your spouse, your employer, your union, a, a partisan political operative can influence the vote that you cast. Uh, there are all kinds of problems because the ballot is out there and no one is supervising it. And I think that that's too much risk. We should have mail-in voting for people who really need it and not have it for people who just want a ballot harvest use paid political operatives to scoop up a bunch of votes and deliver them en masse on election day, and then the, the, the system is overwhelmed and they can't really look at the signatures properly and determine if this is the right signature with the right person. Uh, the Carter Commission, James Baker, I think they recommended if you're going to have mail-in voting, 15 days, 1-5 yes. maximum, exactly right. if you're going to do it, and they didn't like it. If something dramatic doesn't happen, I fear... <laughs> We're going to get rolled all over again. Your book is so important. Let's put it up on the screen. Our Thanks. Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. There it is. John Fund. Safe travels. How's the hotel, by the way? Uh, other than the fact the bar makes too much noise when I'm trying to talk to you, uh, I recommend the residence in. <laughs> fine place. Fine place indeed. Many thanks, sir. And we'll be right back. can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it they don't get it they don't get it and boy oh boy uh you know where they really messed up in addition to everything else do you remember when uh chris rock was hit by will smith and major media personalities and newspapers said that somehow this was the fault of white supremacy yes some people said that with a straight face one of the galling things about this was the reaction that the other movie stars had. A few minutes later, when Will Smith won Best Actor for that movie, they were, like, smiling, and he went out dancing with his friends like nothing happened. Anyway, Will Smith is talking about it now, and he said something to Trevor. Yeah, there he is, right? And everybody's totally cool with it as he gets jiggy with it uh, right after punching out Chris Rock. Uh, they should have thrown the cuffs on that guy. Anyway, here he is with uh, Trevor Noah. You just don't know what's going on with people, you know? And there's, I was going through something that night, you know? And uh, not that that, you know, justifies my behavior yeah, at no, all. No, I would just say, you know, you're asking what did I learn? And it's that um, we just got to be nice to each other, man, you know? Being nicer to each other entails not hitting each other in the face. But, hey, uh, not bad, I guess, from Will Smith. But who cares? Hey, we can't care about this trivial stuff when democracy is hanging by a thread in America. The Republican Party has been taken over, and they are a threat uh, to democracy. I think all of us um, think that the threats to democracy is one of the most important issues facing our country. A vote for Republicans is a vote to destroy democracy. White supremacy is a global terror threat. The threat to democracy. There is no doubt that this president is a danger to our democracy and to the well-being of the American people. There's no question. The Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. 
has really gotten old. Uh, this is what's a threat to this country. Take a look at it. They've legalized shoplifting. Shoplifting is now essentially legal in vast portions of this country, especially here in New York City. We have a crazy district attorney right here in, um, in New York, and this guy's out of his mind, totally out of his mind. But I want to talk about democracy for a moment, okay? So democracy, that means the people choose. Democracy, I believe it's Greek for ruled by the people. We don't have that here in New York, no way. Because when do they have Election Day in New York City? Huh? When do you think it is? It's the last day of school at the end of June. June, did you see that? What happens on the last day of school? Kids get excited about vacation. Everybody's kind of taking their pack off, literally and figuratively, and they get the heck out of town. That's when they decided to have the primary day in New York City. Why did they do that? So they could keep the turnout low as possible. So as few people, ruled by the people, so as few people as possible would turn out to vote. And the guy who's the district attorney who's saying any effort to remove me from office would be fascistic and draconian. Nobody even voted for him. Take a look at this. So this is a big city. Alvin Bragg is the district attorney. Eight million people live here. 86,000 voted for him. 1.075% of the population. Now, he is from the, the, the Manhattan, the borough of Manhattan is the one he's responsible for, has about two to three million people. It's a very important borough, and the whole city is kind of depending on it, and only barely 1.1% voted for this guy. And can I see the last day of school one more time? When did they have Election Day? The last day of school. Is that democracy, or is that a dirty trick? I think it's a dirty trick, and they get away with it all the time. We'll be right back. It's our America. We conquered it. We built it. Great values like honesty and fairness. Great courage. A great nation needs a free press. Newsmax is it. 30 million Americans regularly go to Newsmax when they really need to know. They watch Newsmax TV at home on the free Newsmax app. They go to Newsmax.com. Start today. Newsmax is real news for real people. Hey, many thanks. We'll see you tomorrow. All the best.